You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. everyone and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities and solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. I am as bewildered as you at the sheer audacity of this guy. The research we're discussing today is from the team at Checkpoint Research. It's titled The Inside Scoop on a Six-Figure Nigerian Fraud Campaign. Our researchers this week have requested anonymity for security reasons, and we're going to respect that request. Our job as researchers involves uh, us looking at uh, malware all day long. And when you look at malware all day long, eventually you're going to run across some very strange and unexpected leads. Uh, this happens uh, a few times a year to one of our researchers. And uh, it happened this time. Uh, it, uh, we happened across uh, this guy who, as my uh, colleague said, did not uh, make it very difficult to happen uh, across him. Well, let's uh, let's learn a little bit about uh, this person here. Um, who is this person, and, and how did he come on your radar? He's uh, I don't know. I, I would describe him as uh, an entry level cyber criminal. I mean, he has a lot of uh, years of experience under his belt, but he doesn't know to code at all. He has basically zero technical knowledge. So every time he needs. To do anything technical, uh, his first instinct is to just approach someone who actually does know about the technical aspect of things and ask to buy whatever he needs, uh, whether it's uh, some sort of malware or a packer for a malware or a list of leads or like basically uh, anything else. So if I had to sum it uh, up in one word, I would say it's like a cyber criminal entrepreneur, basically. Hmm. 
And and in your research here, you, you highlight that um, this person is uh, sort of has two personas, one by day and one by night. Mm-hmm. That is true. I, I don't think it's too uncommon. Uh, I believe uh, this guy really would like to separate uh, his uh, identities. Uh, uh, people like uh, his family and his uh, grade school uh, teacher who makes a guest appearance in the publication. I, I don't think he would uh, really love for them to know about uh, this uh, second life that uh, he leads. Well, let's go through some of uh, this criminal's uh, various exploits here. Uh, in your research, uh, you describe uh, he does a lot of business in stolen credit cards. Yes, he does. How would I say the crime is already halfway done, right? You have all of these uh, Mara's uh, info-stealing Trojans and uh, other uh, malicious binaries floating out there and infecting people and stealing their credentials. And some people are like, they like to be anonymous cowards like us. And uh, they uh, decide that uh, once they've been able to steal these credentials, basically their job is done. They don't want to take the risk. They don't want to char- to uh, perform fraudulent credit card charges and maybe have uh, the authorities on their tails. So they just sell uh, these credentials, these stolen credentials uh, on uh, online shops, such as the firm shop where uh, this uh, Deton person discussed in the publication was a loyal customer. And he, as the entrepreneur that we described earlier, uh, saw this as an opportunity because these anonymous cowards, they don't have the audacity to perform these fraudulent charges, but uh, he definitely does. And he buys uh, these uh, credentials for a few dollars. And then uh, for each such uh, stolen credential, he performs a very, very large fraudulent charge, you know, to compensate him for the risk that he's taking on. And he made a pretty penny uh, using this method. It didn't, in the end, if you read the publication, it uh, didn't satisfy him. And he moved on to bigger and better things. But he made uh, a large amount of money just with that uh, mode of operation. Yeah, you point out in the research here that um, he could have easily made over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, maybe even more than that. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things about him is his audacity—that he's someone who's willing to take these risks. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that the, the world of cybercrime is full of uh, these people because I mean, if you look at the numbers, it's easy money. You, if you're willing to take the risks involved, like uh, for for instance, the fact that now there's a publication about him out there on the internet—that's uh, one of the risks that you're taking on. But if you're willing to take them on, uh, it's easy money. So I'm not surprised that guys like him exist. And he goes beyond uh, just uh, dealing in credit cards and starts to get into some of the other tools of the mm-hmm. trade. Can you describe to us what other things is he up to? For example, he, he decides to put it uh, simply that buying the stolen credit card credentials is not enough for him because he has to pay up to get uh, the credit cards and sometimes they don't even work. So he decides that he wants to get the stolen credentials himself, which means he has to infect people himself using uh, info-stealing malware. This means that he has to actually obtain his own malware and worry about things like obtaining leads, uh, obtaining email addresses of potential victims, and worrying about solutions by security vendors stopping his malware, which is why he goes around and uh, tries to buy packers and cryptors and uh, stuff like that in order to reduce uh, the detection rate of uh, the malicious binaries that he's spreading around. Suddenly, it's, it's, uh, his ambition to expand his business and be more independent costs him a, a lot of headache. Hmm. Now, you mentioned at the outset that uh, it seems as though this person does not have a lot of technical abilities. Mm-hmm. 
uh, as you witness him going after these other tools, these key loggers and various types of malware, are you seeing uh, sort of a self-education here? Is he is he getting better? Is he is he learning the tools? We, we are seeing zero self-education. We are seeing like the machine learning sort of self-education where he just tries everything to see what uh, appears to give him the best numbers and then mindlessly goes with that. And you know what? It's a, it's a strategy I can respect. It worked out uh, well enough for him. And, and so does he have success with these sorts of tools, with the key loggers and, and so uh, on? I believe he does, because uh, if you look at the publication in one of the screenshots, he tried one of the many, 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 many strains of malware that he eventually gets to trying out. And it's a nanocore, a well-known and well-respected uh, brand name in the cyber crime arena. And he wakes up in the morning after he sent out all of these malicious payloads and he sees the amount of leads that he got and he's like ecstatic. He, it's uh, it's uh, more than he, in his wildest dream. So I think, I don't know what the answer is if you ask me, but if you ask him, uh, he was uh, very satisfied with the results, at least for a while. And, and can you give us some insights? What was your uh, ability to track him here? How were you able to just keep an oh, eye on him oh, while he right. was doing these so, things? We really aren't at liberty to disclose this. We can say that all of this information about him fell off the back of a truck. If, if, you, really, I see. <laughs> if, if you really insist to know, it wasn't like some complex sting operation. At no point someone sat at the keyboard for 15 minutes typing furiously and then in the end said, like, I'm in. This guy, he, he, mm. had, he had a really, really, really lousy OPSEC. He was just sitting there waiting for someone to find him. Uh, I think, like, in theory, an analyst with um, one week of experience uh, could have uh, found all of this information. Of course, I'm exaggerating, but uh, really, he was just a, a sitting target. So I, I think that's really the takeaway here. Yeah, I mean, that's really an interesting um, insight that this person who... I suppose on on the one hand, um, as you say, that the OPSEC was very mm-hmm. lazy, so reflects the the laziness of criminals, but also um, was willing to put in the time of just trying and trying and trying mm-hmm. things. Uh, seems like had plenty of time on his yeah, well, hands. Well, uh, 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 first of all, it's not the laziness of criminals in general. It's like this one specific guy. Right, we've seen we've, we've <laughs> seen the people behind uh, Emotet and Gozi and Guncraft. These are professionals. They really put in the work and they uh, keep up with the times and technical advancements. You know, at least to some uh, sort of standard. Like this guy is a different breed of criminal. Yeah, he had all the time in the world to try every single solution that he could possibly think of without like understanding anything technical about what he was doing. But uh, again, it worked well out uh, well enough for him. So who are we to argue? Well, it's interesting, too. One of the things you point out in your research is that um, he was not always terribly successful in dealing with the other people in the criminal mm. underground. It seems as though there were times when they were trying to take advantage uh, actually, of Actually, uh, most of the time, uh, he's the one trying to take advantage of other people by like infecting them uh, with remote uh, administration tools while they were trying to do business with him. I agree that uh, the other sorts of people that uh, he is interacting with, sometimes they demand like exaggerated prices for their tools. But uh, first of all, I don't feel very sorry for him, given uh, the goal that he's after. Uh, and uh, second, it's a very, very, very uh, large free market. And I believe that, uh, for example, if he's looking at a packer and he thinks the price is really, really inflated, 
He could have easily found uh, another packer, uh, which is not much worse for uh, uh, much less of the cost. So if you're talking earlier about his laziness, maybe, you know, uh, if he had put uh, more effort uh, on this front, you know, just uh, when he sees a price that seems inflated to him, just uh, take a deep breath and let it go and go look for something else instead of, you know, infecting people with rats and ratting them out to the Interpol. Uh, maybe he would have had a better outcome. Well, and and uh, this person uh, does move on to some uh, some spamming using remote access mm-hmm. trojans using rats. So what was he doing there? Well, uh, as I said, this was his way of uh, getting credit card credentials on his own without being dependent on external shops that sell these credentials after they had already been stolen. I suppose that uh, he figured that uh, this would uh, raise his profit margin. And look, this guy, uh, if there's one thing I can say about him, he he was very, very, very attuned to his profit uh, margin and he was uh, watching it keenly all the time. So given that uh, he kept on this path of uh, spamming malware everywhere and did not just go back to purchasing credentials at the store, then uh, I suppose that uh, it really did increase his margins over just uh, buying the credentials. And at some point, he he goes and hires someone to custom mm-hmm. code his own yeah, rat. For this him, is yes? like uh, this is an instance of fascinating phenomenon that you see across the cybercrime field. I think this is not uh, something limited to this one guy. It's like how would I call it? Uh, Voodoo programming, maybe this uh, cargo cult, uh, cyber criminal activity, because he sees that the numbers are not as high as he would like. And this entire theory, I can only speculate, all right, but this entire theory builds up in his head that his enemy is detections, right? Some amorphous adversaries, security vendors, demons uh, of that sort are blocking uh, the malware that he's spreading. It's not, you know, sane people looking at the email that he just sent and with one look saying, no, I'm not clicking that. It's the detections. And uh, he decides that the issue is that all of these malwares, they are too familiar, they are brand names. And if he really, really wants to get higher conversion rates, what he needs is like something brand new, made from scratch. I, I I wouldn't agree with him on that, but uh, this is the path that he chose. There's a, a remarkable uh, part in your research here where you describe uh, this this gentleman mm-hmm. Deton um, infecting one of the infecting the, his developer with a rat itself. I could not believe it when I saw it. <laughs> when when I was told that this is in fact what had happened uh, among uh, Deton's many 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 other exploits, I, I asked, ex- "What? Excuse me, what? Are you really sure?" I'm going to put this sentence in a checkpoint research publication. So can you please triple check for me that this event in fact <laughs> happened, right? And after I heard the word "yes" for the fifth time, I put it in the publication. But I I am as bewildered as you at the sheer audacity of this guy. Yeah, there's there's no uh, honor among thieves, ev- evidently, uh, and he certainly was prolific. Uh, just like you said, just trying mm-hmm. thing after thing after thing. Yeah, this is true. Like there, there's a we called it in the publication a veritable grocery list of uh, malware that he tried out just to see the conversion rate, uh, whether it's going up or down. Uh, now that he tried a, a different uh, sort of malware. 
And so where do you leave things? As, as things stand now, your journey with this uh, particular criminal, uh, where, was there a, was there an ending point for this? Or is he still uh, we disclosed a huge pile of material to the local Nigerian authorities, uh, as well as uh, to a, a spooky three-letter agency that shall remain unnamed. And we're, as a security mm. vendor, we're chasing uh, malicious samples of the sort that he sent out in his spam messages all the time. Checkpoint at our security vendors, they spend uh, a lot of their time uh, hunting uh, the indications of compromise uh, and uh, other uh, characteristics of this uh, malware to be able to protect people from them. But you know, if you know anything about security, you know that uh, this uh, chase is an honest effort, but it's not a guarantee. Uh, people need to practice good security hygiene and be vigilant regarding what uh, links they click uh, and whether the, uh, they uh, enable macros on every document that they receive. It's the sad truth. Yeah, it's remarkable to me that uh, this marketplace is, 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 first of all, that it exists, but that it's as, as sophisticated as it is in that someone like this who really, more than anything, just has ambition and time on his hands can get out there, be entrepreneurial, and start his own little successful mm -hmm. criminal yeah, enterprise. Malware is a whole economy now. It uh, it did not used to be like that, but like I think since the advent of uh, Zeus and uh, malware like that, it, there were, there's been an explosion in all sorts of opportunities to purchase malware and tools uh, related to malware, exploit as a service, uh, packer as a service, everything as a service. So you really can approach uh, your uh, cyber criminal enterprise without knowing anything technical at all and just uh, uh, approach the whole thing like you're putting together a, a grocery list with your shopping cart. Okay, I need a packer. Okay, I need this malware. Okay, I need this list of leads. And, and, and you're all set. In terms of people protecting themselves against the sort of things that... Uh... That this particular criminal was up to. What sort of recommendations do you have? Well, okay, when you look at this sort of issue of this really uh, potato-grade criminal activity being able to uh, siphon so much money away from innocent people, there are really two ways that you can look at it. One way is to become depressed and say, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. This is just the way the world is. These people are going to exist as long as innocent people uh, mindlessly click links in emails and mindlessly enable macros. And this is always the way that it's going to be. Because, you know, I can uh, sit here and tell the people listening to this podcast about uh, what links not to click until Kingdom Come. But the truth is that, that like we said in the publication, the people that, who need to hear this advice the most aren't listening to this podcast. And uh, this is sad. Now, my personal opinion uh, is that uh, probably the way forward is, I'll put it bluntly, nanning and mollycoddling the layman more. Because... This is something that has precedent in the information security landscape. Uh, by now, your web browser will sometimes tell you, no, you're not uh, going to that website. No, you're not adding an exception for that certificate, and that's final. One day, uh, I'm not sure, but possibly, uh, it may be that uh, your email client or service provider will tell you, no, you're not clicking on that link. A copy of Microsoft Word may tell you, no, you're not enabling macros. Because, uh, like I mentioned earlier, as said as it is, it seems that in a lot of cases, the way forward is like to protect uh, people from their own choices. Our thanks to the team at Checkpoint Research for sharing their insights. The research is titled The Inside Scoop on a Six-Figure Nigerian Fraud Campaign. 
We'll have a link in the show notes. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills, all using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. The CyberWire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.